This is the Edify Podcast for the Servant. On the show today, I have the Superman to my Batman, Paul Sperlin. Paul and I have been the dynamic duo since when? When did y'all officially move here? May of 11? May of... No. Yeah, 2000. <laughs> it seems forever. No, it really doesn't. But it does it's seem like been a, 84 been a years. What's going on? Uh, two years. I, I can't think. Uh, 21. Yeah. yeah, we've endured two brave seasons together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's been that's good. Two not bad ones. Yeah, not bad ones. Ready to um, throw that back around. But, well, yeah. Georgia won back-to-back national championships. We don't have to go there. Yeah, Alabama but the Braves. But the Braves. The SEC championship. Yeah, but nobody cares about basketball, Paul. Well, they do, and they... Well, anyway. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we've known each other a long time. Yeah. How long have you been in ministry altogether? I need to go there. This is... Almost, well, 25 years. 25 years. A shade under a decade, we would say. You know? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 25 years, and um, Uh. we're currently sitting in your office that is with two... Um, lightsaber lamps. <laughs> One's uh, Sith. One is the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Luke's a brand new mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker uh, replica floor lamp. Floor yes. lamp. Yeah, yeah. It's a beast. You know, it's my space. It is. It gives me a chance to. It is. It's much like my office. Yeah, oh yeah. We got our own personalities in both rooms. Absolutely. Right? People walk in there and they're like, oh, this is Jake. All or I know like, is these guys are fine. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're not um, uh, prunes. No. At least not yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll there. be there one day. I'll be there before you will. But Yeah, yeah. you will. <laughs> but anyway, so we make it work. Yes. We do. Yes. Um, we kind of have some similarities. Oh, yeah, for Your sure. Your dad's a Memphis grad. Yep. Um. My dad went in 86, but they left because of support issues, financial support. And, um, and I was. Some folks don't know this. They're actually pretty good friends. Yeah. They were good friends. Yeah. Yeah. I remember as a kid being at Piedmont or at Adairsville, <laughs> and your dad preached a meeting for us on the phone. Yeah. And the phone sat on the Lord's Supper table. Yeah. And. It was the horizontal preacher. That's right. You know, because he, how long did he suffer ALS? Um, multiple sclerosis for about 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Done in 16, 17 years ago. <clears throat> you know. But it um, didn't stop him. You know, he kept going. No, that's the thing. I mean, literally, he wrote the book. He wrote the book. Literally, he did. <laughs> Don't ever world. give up. That's right. And, uh, very, very Paul of him. Yeah. You know, and that's the way you are. You burn the candles at all three ends when there's only two ends. That's true. Um, but your hat is... I get it, your, honestly. Your hand is in a lot of a lot of hats. Yeah. So, obviously here at Piedmont Road. Yes. Um, your title is Connection Minister. It is. Um, but you're also Ministry League President. Mm-hmm. Your old president of the board at Exposure Youth Camp. Same. And so you taught at Faulkner for how long? Uh, two or three years. Two or three years. Youth ministry mostly. Yeah, you you taught youth ministry. I did. Okay, so we we are now in a let me use this term a plague. Yeah. A plague of youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is was youth ministry a fad? In a phase, uh, when did it come up? When what was the, what's the workings of youth ministry? Because that's the focus of of this season is the different aspects of ministry and why we do what we do. Right. Um. I think that um, elderships just over the past ten fifteen years have really started to appreciate uh, a man a family to come in and minister to young people that does not replace a parent but is is sort of um parent adjunct is that third option if you need it you sure know, kind of thing and and i think that elderships have noticed that when something good you get somebody good you want to keep them okay and i think there was a time when the, the average um stay of a youth minister was 18 to 24 months 
that wow. that was documented. Wow. Yes. Preachers absolutely. is like three point two years right. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty, pretty. Yeah, definitely. But um, I think after a while, it's like you know they go through enough transitions of guys gone and heartbreaks of kids and parents having to reshuffle how things do and getting used to that next person so frequently, it just becomes problematic. And I think what's happened is they start to realize when they look at the yearly budget, how important is this to the life of our church? Sure. And what's the future of this congregation? Right. And I think that they're getting it. I think they're finally getting it. Do you think youth ministry fits every congregation? No, absolutely not. Okay, so not every congregation needs youth ministers. Yeah, uh, no. I you know, I mean, yeah. obviously there's some churches that don't have youth. You know, right. that's, you right. know, and they're... Those are the ones that don't need one. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, but. So Paul wrote to Timothy, not this Paul, but yeah. but the inspired penman yeah. in 1 Timothy 4. He tells him um, to let no one despise your youth, verse 12, but set the believers an example mm-hmm. in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Okay. So you, you mentioned a while ago hiring a person and you used the term man. I see some churches that they go out and they hire a youth minister right out of college. Mm-hmm. And in some some ways, it's babies watching babies. True, because of because of how they do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Some people turn it into a babysitting thing. Yeah. And what does this guy? How what what? How is he going to entertain our kids? Mm-hmm. Is that conducive to church growth? No. No, it's from what you said about the entertain the kids part. Okay. Because just to my view, it's not about the entertainment of keeping them. Satisfied. Sure. Well, no, satisfied is using the wrong word too. Keeping them occupied. Okay. There's a difference in keeping someone occupied and keeping them satisfied. Sure. And so occupied just means you put them in a room and hang out and, you know, Six Flags, Disney World, you know, things like that. But Nerf Wars. Yeah, Nerf Wars, which all these are not bad things. <laughs> but alone. I like Nerf Wars. Alone, they're, they're bad things. You know, you got to add, you got to add, <laughs> I've been a part of them too. I've, I've had, I had my wounds. But, um, but it's it, you gotta you gotta have some consistency with it. You you've gotta make sure that it's it's um it's Christ driven. It's like every other ministry of the church. If if the Bible isn't at the heartbeat of what you're doing, then you're you're doing it wrong. Okay. So when Paul wrote to Timothy, Paul was roughly in his sixties, Timothy's in his thirties, we think. Roughly. Yeah. Um do you think do you think it is more wise to hire um, a man with children who goes right into the youth group or somebody right out of college? Or is it, because I've seen it the case where somebody would say, no, we're not going to hire a young man, we're going to hire an old man. Well, I've seen some great older youth mm-hmm. ministers, Jerry Elder, yep. legend, um, Ronnie sure. West down in South Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie didn't even get into ministry until Later. after he retired. That's right. He was running around employing hospitals for doctors, but... He has that personality. He though. does. It, that's a big part so of it, So it kind of goes back to what I was saying. I've met young preachers who d- had no business preaching. Mm-hmm. And I've met old preachers who had no business preaching. Right. And so an age isn't necessarily the, the, mm-hmm. the, the... I don't think it's about age at all. Yeah, it's really about, is the person an example in all of these different kinds of ways? Um, can we trust him? Yeah. You know, can we trust him? And if he's married, if he's not married, if he has kids, if he doesn't have kids. Also, you know, some guys have a desire to be a minister. Well, I shouldn't say it that way uh, because we, we're all ministers on some level. Sure. But, um, uh, I, I think some guys have a desire to preach or to be a youth minister or even a connections minister. Having a desire is great. But if you do not have the personality to deal and to help people, and to to want to be there for them, and and to you know you just gotta you have to be built in the right way, and we're sure. not not everybody's built that way. Absolutely not. In a ministry, occupationally speaking, ministry is not for everybody. No, it's not for the faint of heart. I have to tell you that. Yeah. You know, we've we both had um, bumps in the road on things we've had to deal with in ministry. Who hasn't? Sure. But but some people they they bounce back well, and some people don't. Um, some people communicate really well, and some don't. And so it's kind of like preachers that that don't know how to minister. They they only minister through the pulpit. Yeah. But outside of the pulpit, you're they're not yeah. they're not your people. Either you can preach or you can teach. Right. You know. Well, and too, like they're they're the kind that you're going to invite to a ball game, or they're not. Right. 
And the ones that last, the ones that make it, are the ones who can go to the ball games and preach. Yeah. Um, my daddy said, brethren will put up with a B preacher as long as he's an A minister or That's even a, a C preacher. Yeah. As long as he's somebody that they know that he cares, they know that he's for them, they know right. that he's working for them. Um, so we're talking about youth ministry. You're you're in connections here, and that's why our elders have, have said, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. We kind of want somebody who is a liaison to a few deacons mm-hmm. and their works <laughs> and somebody who is um, – who who ties the the pulpit and the pew together? Mm-hmm. Uh, not just that, but also the pew to our community. Right. So walk walk me through what connections ministry looks like for you. I, I know I know you're over education too, but through through connections, what does that look like for you on a regular basis, and, and why is that needful? I started uh, even before I came here within the role of Connections uh, Ministry to connect members to one another to get together in working side by side, but also in in becoming a, a piece of the community where they live. Um, but also, there's three C's to it. You know, there, you have the the connections with the church, the connections with the Christian, but also the connection with the community. And through Christ, and so, so you want all these together to, to work together, um, and that's where we. In coming here, of course, I came here like you said in twenty one May, and we just well about a year ago we initiated. Uh, it was exactly a year later. Yeah. Initiated the connections program. Sure. So that that was that was the whole plan. Um, we did this. Um, uh, we've created this um, Acts approach, Acts formula, that that comes straight from from Acts one eight. It's Bible, um, brother. It is. It is, and, and it's not a. It's not a new thing. It's 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 not a new formula. Jesus <laughs> and his apostles used it. It worked pretty well for them. Let's go. <laughs> so you know, it, it all starts. You know, and, and, and it just starts from the very beginning. Acts one eight. Um, in with with your your home, your community. You know where you are at, at your church, and then it spreads out to your friends and family. And we've done that. And then then it goes to the outer outermost outermost area of the of the world, and that's part of that. That's all there in verse eight. And and you know you got you got Judea, you got Samaria, you got Jerusalem, you got all these things that they're stages of talking to people and reaching out to people. The key is staying on board with those stages. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big algebra guy, but Negative. I do know if you start from the beginning and, and hit all the problems, you're gonna you're gonna figure it out most of the time. You're gonna figure it out <laughs> to the end, but you've got to stick with the stages and follow them. You can't skip a, a place. Every, yeah. every time you say to the end, it takes me back to Rocky Four when Drago is there, and Drago they're they're they've beat each other. They look like bruised plums, and Drago says to the end, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you you mentioned something. Two things you said. One, you said algebra, and I gagged a little. Uh, I quit math in eighth grade. Yeah. I just did. And then the second thing that you mentioned. We do have a lot in common. I <laughs> know. Oh, the other thing that you mentioned was Acts 1 and verse 8. Let me read this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And his people there, this is right here at the Ascension. This is when he's fixing to leave. Mm-hmm. And he says, you, he's talking to those folks there in that upper room. And he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and he says, stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Uh, and he says that he will come upon you. He will be, you will be my witnesses in, in phase one that we started a year ago is Jerusalem. That's, that's our innermost. That's, mm-hmm. that's the church. Okay. That's here. Yeah. We, you know, I, years ago I had this, this theme, um, running in ministry that when, when people ask me, Jake, what's your plan as a preacher? Well, you you restore you. Let's see. Um, you, um, this done left my mind now. Um, restore the erring, reach the lost. Um, let's see. You 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 strengthen the saved. Number one, you restore the erring. Number two, and then you reach the lost. And I went in that order, which is the same thing. Acts one eight. Yeah, that's right. You you strengthen the saved because what are you bringing people into as a church if the church is all kind of discombobulated? Or the church doesn't have a warm personality for visitors. Yeah. If they're not in love with Jesus, don't 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 think you're going to bring people into this house. That's the importance of that first part. Right. So the Jerusalem, we got to yeah. take care of Jerusalem. And the disciples took way too long in Jerusalem, and right. it took the death of Stephen to get them off their humps. Well, it's about being able to re- recommend 
your church. Sure. But being able to reference it as well. Sure. Because it's it's something to be proud of. Sure. You know, Paul talked about, he, he mentioned in text, he mentioned, he used the phrase, my gospel. Yeah. Paul yeah. didn't write the whole thing. He sure wrote a bunch of it, yeah. but he, he didn't write it all. It wasn't his, but he took possession of it because right. the Lord allowed it. It is our gospel. Right. It is our church. Right. And people are scared to say that, but, it, but I'm sorry. We see the pattern of, of we can do that, make it yours, and let folks know we want them to be part of that same opportunity to be a part of it, something yeah. special. So when he, when he said my gospel, what he meant is the good news that I have. Yeah, okay? yeah it's so, in my possession. Yeah, it's yeah. in my possession. So, and I hear some folks say, well, it ain't your church, it's the Lord's church. I know, I, yes, that's true. That's true. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. I follow okay. it completely. I know what you're saying. I'm sorry. But, but it's, it's true. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's ours in a sense that it's, we've been given stewardship yep. of, of our roles and our works and ministry. So the first phase is Jerusalem. And the way that we connect first and foremost is with the congregation. Mm -hmm. we're, we're connecting with the Lord. We're connecting with our congregation, our Jerusalem. Right. Second phase. Uh, when did we hit second phase? Roughly around? Three months. Yeah. 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 So this is the Judea. Um, this is the just outside of our reach. Um, the connection groups we revamped. Something that I think Lance Levins did, you know, almost a gracious, maybe a decade ago with mm -hmm. the life groups or color groups or home groups, whatever right. they were. But we had five groups based upon location. Mm -hmm. Now we've whittled it down to four, red, yellow, green, and blue. And um, that's a, uh, that's a, one of the things that that does is that allows, because we're in such a transient metro Atlanta area, that allows people in the blue group to take care of the folks in the blue group, mm -hmm. green group, green group, so on. Right. Because if you're in yellow group in the northwest corner of, of our sectors, uh, you, you're going to have an hour and 20 minute drive to mm. get to the person who's in the farthest blue group. And so ministry's hard. People fall through the cracks. Yeah, so we, we separate it that way. And so that's our Judea. We we not only have that, but we're looking to shift to the, the Judea of... As much as the Jerusalem was home, sure. Judea is also friends and family. Right. We had friends and family day at the end of yeah. January. So it fell perfectly. It went all, the whole thing, it was just. Yeah, we had awesome. uh, 355 in attendance for right. a friends and family day, which is huge. And here's what's nuts is we're, we're, we are, numbers wise, we are higher than we were pre-COVID. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> which is great. For sure. And they, we're still having the 20 to 30 visitors oh, yeah. weekly. We're blessed. But now, sure. but I think our numbers was 263 last week. Yeah. So what that means is, is there are people who, who see, and, and I, a person made this compliment of the church here at Piedmont Road the other day. They said that Piedmont Road was a going church for a coming Lord. And I thought, Boy, that's 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 cool. good stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. I want it to always be that way. Yeah, a going church for a coming Lord, and so the Jerusalem is we're taking care of here. The Judea is our community, and then this 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 uh, Samaria and to the end of the earth. Obviously, Ministry League is doing Scotland. They're doing London. Mm -hmm. They're doing different parts yeah. all all over. But. Um, but if we don't take care of here first, oh, yeah. we're going to run out of soap. It's all about home. And you see some churches, I know some churches, they've got they've got 17 members, and they're still sending the amount of money mm -hmm. uh, that they've always been sending to Asia or to India. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're running out of soap at home, and they're, they're a generation away from closing their doors. It's sad. Mm -hmm. Where some churches may be focused on Samaria, and they're only focused on Samaria. Well, right. just get up and move and go to Samaria, you know. Oh, yeah. But... I'm not against mission work in any kind of way, but mm -hmm. you see some folks, they, they're they so focused on Samaria, they forget Jerusalem. And uh, and they forget Jerusalem, and they forget youth ministry. They forget mm -hmm. family ministry. They forget uh, those kind of things. Um, and I think you, you, you kind of hit on something right there. As we talk about youth ministry, I, I hope everybody understands, especially here, um, any good youth ministry is a family ministry. Oh yeah, you have to keep the parents involved, and and you can't, especially here, we can't, we can't, or nor should we feel like we can run a youth program without the the full commitment of our parents. Number one, from home, the things they talk about at home, 
the fact the Bible needs to be open at home, yeah, um, first, and then and then here, um, needing them to to facilitate things. You can't expect one couple, one family to do it all. It's just you just can't do it. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, and you know you can hire the best youth minister, but it's not you're it's not going to be as effective as if if you don't have families that are involved. Yeah. Uh, this has got to be a guy who is contagious to be around, somebody who is mm-hmm. who is able to say, hey, this is the best thing since sliced bread, yeah. and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're about, and here's where we're going. He easily connects with people. And Earlier you asked about hiring a man to do that. I did say that, but then I quickly said family. Uh, sure. And it doesn't mean I don't think that a single guy couldn't do youth ministry. I think depending on how he's built, how he was sure. educated, maybe if he had internships, how those worked with people. Um, and if I'm an elder, obviously I'm going to ask, do you have uh, any any prospects? Are you dating someone? <laughs> Is something coming down the pike? Right. You know, because you're going to be dealing with our young people and our families and our, and our, our parents. And so I, in looking at somebody, like you said, especially straight out of college, you know, in some cases you'd say, well, you're straight out of college, you, you don't, you're not dating anybody. <laughs> you know, so right. you, you want that to be something that, that can distract on, on some level so that they know that, that there's no way other crazy stuff could happen. Unfortunately, we live in that kind of world. Um, but um, but there are some good guys that are that are single and doing youth ministry, and there's guys with families. And you know, one one guy once told me he said, "You can't really be a good youth minister until you have your own teenagers." And until I, I had a teenager, I never believed that. But now it's like <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's different. There's something you know? to it. Lainey is 15 years old. She is all teenager. Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning that. Uh, so, but but yeah, it does help um, dealing with other people especially when you deal with young people and churches and youth ministry for as long as I have. Um, and so there's a message I want to send to guys that are wanting to do that. And that is, if you have any ounce of laziness in you at all, please leave ministry now. Sure. Uh, because the church doesn't have time for someone who isn't going to give their, their full their full love. I don't expect you to, to go crazy and do things like sure. some of us do. Uh, right. But... But but dedicate what it means to do this and make an impact. If you're not making an impact, we sure. got to find somewhere else to be able to do that. Sure, you know it's like, um, you know, we we ate with a couple, you and I did Sunday, yeah. And he he's a preacher's kid. Oh yeah. And he brought up the fact that his dad was made to do everything, mm-hmm. and treated horribly at one particular place. Yeah. And that has that steered him away from ministry, yeah. in or or preaching mm-hmm. as it is. And I made the comment that, thankfully, I'm at a place where they want me to preach. That's right. Well, we have we have you, we have Chuck, we have Spencer, we have different folks, different shoes, mm-hmm. different lanes. And I made the point that my job is preaching. If, if, if youth ministry is your work, if preaching is your work, if Chuck with our GSOP, whatever you have, whatever your hand is, whatever plow you are, if if I don't if I don't deliver every week and I only have one job, mm-hmm. that that's a that's a um, that's a failure on my part. Mm-hmm. Luke sixteen ten, he who has been given li- little. Uh, well, let me just read the exact verse. Luke sixteen ten, uh, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. Mm-hmm. One who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Thankfully, very telling. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? it? Is. You know that goes along with uh, people's financial stewardship. Oh, if I had a million dollars, I'd give it all to the Lord. Well, mm-hmm. you got ten. What are you giving to the Lord out of the ten? You know. That's right. Uh, well, nothing. It's only ten. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a million dollars don't go like it used to. That's true. Anyway, um, I wouldn't know, but I yeah, guess. me either. I don't think it me either. Um, <laughs> part of it, I guess. It is. It is. Um, but on that, you're talking about different guys in ministry and stuff. If if this if a person is listening to this and they're an elder or even a preacher, communicate to each other. Um, raise everybody up from the pulpit. Brag on your preacher. Appreciate him publicly. Um, speak highly of your elders. I know that Jake and I and Chuck too, when we were in that, that pulpit, that happens a lot. Oh, we yeah. brag on our church. We brag on our, our elders. And different works. And different works, our, our deacons, you know. And but, but please let everybody know. Everybody's on the same page. You love each other. You're going to encourage everything that's going on. It really helps to keep that morale high um, uh, regardless of what's going on. I know we just, we just kind of, I say we kind of left the COVID era 
uh, but, but I know that that's still a, a virus, but it just seems like we're back at a point where it's, you know, just cheerlead for everybody, you know, yeah. Yeah. make it, man, make it awesome. Yeah. We, um, we, we had a preacher's meeting Monday here. Cliff Goodwin spoke and the guys that were downstairs, we, we talked about COVID for just a second because of, um, people were talking about different works, different things are involved with now when they, and it's different now than it was before. And I made the comment, I said, I told the elders here at Piedmont Road when this was happening, I said, we're not going to lose the church. We're going to lose the fat. Mm-hmm. That's, the, the dead weight is going to fall off. Yeah. And it did. And I said, and it's going to show us who we really are and what, we, what we're really about. Um, I think disasters, natural disasters are great in that they teach us a lot. They show us a lot. So when we when we realize that we're in a plague at a, at a congregation or you're somewhere and you see that there's a problem or something that needs to be done, um, sometimes you're the guy for this. Sometimes you're not the guy for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to be okay with saying, I'm not the guy for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 2 Timothy 2, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to learn how to delegate. Find faithful people that you know can do a good job and do it. Romans 12, 6 through 8, all of us have differing gifts you know, according to the grace given to each of us, you know, uh, and the different gifts that they had, you know, some of it's prophesying, some of it's uh, uh, faith, it's it's serving, you know, whatever it is, if it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, uh, give generously, it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Um, all of us have different gifts and all of us have different not gifts, mm-hmm. you know, different different roles that we don't feel. And That's we're not, how you we're get not plurality, right? And That's you need that plurality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, if you're if you're listening to this and you're a preacher and you don't have, you know, six men on staff, uh, you can find uh, a couple of guys there and a couple yeah. of women there, you know, to help out. Because, you know, don't don't just think that we're 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 sexist and say only men can be youth ministers in that kind of role, because there's a need to have females mm-hmm. there. There's there's a need to have females, you know, when we think about. Well, women, women can't preach in a mixed assembly. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, or, or, excuse me, a mixed Christian assembly. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. But that does not mean that women can't serve in different roles, and especially when it comes to our youth. There's some girls who something happens to them, and they don't want to talk to a male. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk to them. And right. if there's not a good, sound female that they love and trust who's somewhere near her, or, or maybe it's a lady that has been through something that she's been through, mm-hmm. she don't want to talk to that person, or she's going to have a harder time opening up. Well, and going with that, you know, you mentioned Second Timothy two, 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 verse three. I love the sharing in the suffering. You know, it's like we do this together. We're gonna this this this, this ship. Um, I'm an old navy guy, but this yeah. ship is gonna get, it'll stay up or go down together. Oh, either way, or together, either way. <laughs> but, but just know that you are you are together yeah. and to share in the in in the, in the awesome times that that you have, but also share in the, in the bad times and pray about it and strengthen each other. That's the only way to do it. Uh, Ecclesiastes four nine. Yeah, that that transparency, you know, that vulnerable nature that we're supposed to have as the church. Um, why youth ministry? Why focus on on the youth? You know, you brought up something while ago. If the home isn't taken care of, if families aren't taken care of, if they're not doing what they need to do at home, mm-hmm. then then youth ministry will lack. So will preaching. Mm-hmm. So preaching will lack. You you you're not the eldership is not going to get the quality of fruit that could be produced right. if a home isn't taken care of. With that being said, sometimes the only Bible that these kids are going to get is in our presence, you know, is mm-hmm. with us. And, um, you know, that's why it's healthy for some people. I mean, it's like if you look at certain high school football teams, I'm familiar with a few programs that they, they take 160 kids a year. Mm-hmm. And this is no lie. They feed them three meals a day. They come together. Even in summertime, mm-hmm. they bring them together. They pile up the bus. They'll be together. And the peop- those, some of those kids, that's the only family that they have. That's the yeah. only stability and consistency right. that they have. So it's huge for people to be involved with their kids. Uh, the church needs to be involved with their kids. So we're, we're also not only we're not here to entertain kids uh, or, or, or occupy them, whatever we, right. we mentioned earlier, but we're here to saturate them with Scripture. Um, why do we want to be about youth ministry? If you could put it in three or four different lines, um, 
we want to we want to saturate them for scripture. What's that going to do for their life personally? We want to build a foundation for them so that when they leave here, that they won't leave the first love. Sure. To quote scripture. Um, we want them to understand what what the ramifications are of, of leaving Jesus, of leaving the church uh, completely. They leave here, and 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 we're working on it here. We, we're I, we're working on it big time here, but. But there's a lot of congregations that once a kid graduates high school, they have nothing for them until they're, you know, 30 years old. Sure. I mean, there's, there's nothing for them. Sure. And um, so we're lucky. we got colleges close by, so there's, a, there's an attention to that. Right. And that's, I appreciate our guys for, for, for thinking about that. But it's about, it's about building a, a spiritual foundation so they can stand on their own two feet. I mean, our teenagers, if you th- just think on the public school realm of things, our teenagers have an opportunity to hit a, a mission field that adults will never have a chance to. Sure. And they can contact more people than adults ever would. Kids should be more On religious daily. than anybody. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, we need to empower them so when they go places, they can they can share stuff. Sure. Um, they often say that, that a child is set by six. A set by six. Oh, yeah. You know, that they, that who they are, their personalities, their traits, their, their behaviors, et cetera, they're whatever, set by six. Thankfully, even here, our 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 work begins before their before a child ever sees life. Um, th- thankfully, we're we're a praying congregation, and we pray for our families. We pray for for these pregnancies and the children. Mm-hmm. But we 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 put an emphasis even on the smallest of child here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have uh, you know from from cradle to fifth grade, uh, we have a deacon and his wife and their family that's just over that age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have a deacon over sixth through twelfth grade. You know, split that up. Don't give it just to one guy, but we can. We can be so, we might be so keen on the preaching or so keen on the youth ministry that we forget about the young ones, or mm-hmm. we forget about the college age. Right. You know, the the time where people leave the faith, mm-hmm. um, and so youth ministry isn't. I mean, it, it's not just defined by sixth through twelfth grade, mm-hmm. but. Um, but one of the things that I, I I personally think that youth ministry does, uh, it, it it you like you said it does set them up for a foundation when they leave here they're not leaving the Lord. Well, you want them to have the spiritual, but you also want them to have the social. Yeah, you want them to know how to interact with people. So right, there's two sides to it. Right, it's not, and and it's not all one or the other. There's got to be a balanced attack. Sure, we. You know, and, and you see some parents that keep their children in a bubble. Mm. They keep them in a bubble for the sake of their soul. And I appreciate okay. that. I understand that. But at, at some point, it's too much. Once you let them go. Right. Well, that, <laughs> I mean, well I saw it at Faulkner. When yeah. I was at Faulkner, there oh, were some kids who, who come right out of homeschool. Yeah. And this isn't a knock to homeschool. Uh, they come right out of homeschool and sheltered environment that, that left them shell-shocked when they actually got into the world. Even though they go to a Christian college, oh, they, yeah. there's dirt under the fingernails oh. of a Christian college. Like there is elsewhere, and um, yeah. it, that's that's everywhere because that's just life. That's right. Our kids are going to be exposed. We we do them harm when we keep them sheltered for so long, or too long, yeah. and um, you know some some places. When I was in Montgomery, I student taught in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't personally know a public school that I would want my child to go to. That's the truth. So what am I going to do? Homeschool, private school? You know, those mm-hmm. are those are just the. Um, those are the options that you're left with, yeah. you know. Uh, so, like I said, nothing's a knock to, to homeschool. But when we when we keep our children away from other people, we isolate them. Yeah. That's that's only going to hurt them. And uh, we have to help our children uh, connect to our community. You know, there's certain experiences kids need. Sure. And if they don't get them growing up, sure, they're not going to know how to deal with it. Right. Once they're expected to. Sure. And so it's. Uh, and two, okay. you need you need to get out there and learn how not to do life. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> From an early age, when That's the ramifications right. aren't as bad, you see some folks they get out and and they've been sheltered their whole life, and they get out and they make a bad decision in a bad place where yeah. they shouldn't make it, and it's and it's so much more it's so much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like chickenpox is worse when you're older than when you're younger. You know, mm-hmm. we're more we're more quote resilient at that age. Yeah, that's true. And uh, and I'm not saying subject your children to to horrible things in life. Um, but they have to see reality. Yeah, you know they do. How do I deal with some trouble if I've never seen it, I've never been subjected to it? And then when you're by yourself on, on the island, yeah, it's like, what do I do now? Yeah, you know. Well, so. it's it's unrealistic. 
It's unrealistic. And as parents, on the other side of that, I mean, they want to protect their kids. Sure. They don't want them to fall. And what happens when, when, a, when a mother's child falls and scrapes their knee? She's going to clean that knee up. Yep, rush she's to She's going to clean it. She's going to kiss it. She's going to cover it up with something. Right. And she's like, what can I do to fix this for you? And um, and sometimes, you know, and, you know <laughs> it's just, you so know, I get it. Yeah, get so Stone is, Stone is, he'll be seven next week. And he'll hurt himself, and he'll do something, and it's just a minor scrape or yeah. whatever, you know. And he'll go, "Oh, I'm like, you're all right, buddy. Rub some dirt on." He's like, "Why don't you care? You know, <laughs> why don't you care? Because I'm a dude. I'm like, grow up. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're That's gonna get funny. punched in the mouth, buddy. Oh, you know, moms and dads treat things differently. That is for sure. Yeah. That's why you got. That's why He's you like, got why don't you care? <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, but, but um. So we're setting these kids up for a foundation. We're setting them up for reality and, and realism. We're helping them understand and relate to their Bible, you know, that they know that this isn't just some book that is, um, I don't know, do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. but something that will give them that will give them life skills. Yeah, just as you mentioned about the, the football team that, that eats three meals a day and goes places, and, and we know because we both played, you know, you get up on a bus, you go somewhere for a week before season starts. You get they they break you, they build you back up again, kind of thing. The yeah. same is true with youth groups. They need their time. They need to oh, get yeah. away, put them on a bus, take them somewhere, learn some good Bible. You know, spend some time together, learn about each other, and and so you can be there for one another, and then bring sure. them back and say, look sure. what we've done, look what we've accomplished. And I all this is the good stuff. Good Let's shift the gears to the discouragement of youth ministry when the kids don't receive the Bible that you're trying to give out. What does that look like for folks, or what, how does that make you feel? Um, um, you know, so you know. Well, then, then you're you're sort of talking about the the fringe kids. You, know, you got someone sort of on the bubble and the outside, sure. and, and, it, and then it goes back to the home. You know, is is coming to church, attending a Sunday morning service, is that enough to get them entrenched in what's going on? And, and, no. and it's not. No, it's not. You know, there, there's there's Bible class for a reason. Right. We have it. Thank you. Right. We have it. So <laughs> it gives you a chance to interact more. I can't stand up and ask why I could. Ask questions about you're in the middle of a sermon. You're kind of busy doing your thing. But in Bible class, it gives you a chance to do that. We need to give them every opportunity to do that. And if we don't, then it, it stifles it. And the question is, what do I do when they're stifled? Sure. It's tough. Sure. That's what the, the cracks are, inner cracks, inner kid. You know, yeah. What do and, you do? and you've seen some youth groups that were that were disoriented, that yeah. were discombobulated, that yeah. were there was dysfunction amongst them. Um that there was one or two who stirred the pot always. Oh, man. Uh, a good resource that I picked up years ago that you know very well, Lunch Ladies, the book. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Philip's Philip Jenkins' book. For sure. And what he, he talked about oh, there. when he was at Mount Juliet, he has, I think it's, a, it, doesn't he say it's like his first day? He goes in to teach his first teen class, youth yeah. ministry class, and that just happened to be the same day that a missionary was there That's to exactly talk about right. him. Yeah, yeah, a mission trip. And yep. the bulk of the kids going on a mission trip, you know, the usual kids. And there were the, six left in the room. Right. And those were the fringe kids. Yeah. The isolated, you know, the not so popular right. kids. And he and, had this whole lesson ready. And from, and right. Yeah. And so from that group, mm-hmm. he creates this lunch lady group yep. that nobody else knew about. Right. And that, that was, that was stirring to me. I wasn't able to do that where I was at the time with kids because I probably only had six or seven kids. But I did that with the men, or I, I would do that with um, certain people that I thought could be good leaders, you know, um, yeah. pull them aside and do things with them. But there's something to that, too. You mentioned the part of this very same thing is having that lesson ready. When you walk into a room that seats 30 and you see three and you kind of like, I want everybody to hear this. I'm going to shelf that and I'm just going to come up with something off the top of my head. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. If you prepare something... Make that matter to those people. Minister to those that are there to minister to. Sure. That's a big thing to learn, too, especially for a guy um, in any realm of teaching, really. Sure. Well, if you know, I think about um, there There have been, I've heard of, of folks that get discouraged when, you know, the, the, the number of folks for worship is low. Yeah. And it's down. And the focus on those people that are gone robs you of the focus of the people that are there. Right. And so that can happen when it comes to youth ministry. You mm-hmm. plan an event. I remember the first thing that I, the first event that I planned. I was at Carterville when I was in preaching school. Nobody showed up. Mm. <laughs> Nobody. And I remember one kid telling me this. He said, he said, uh, I was teaching the teen class, 
and I was there working alongside Chad Azale before he went on to Jackson. And he's this teenager in this class. He told me during the middle of class, I just I could tell he wasn't there. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was there, but he wasn't there. And he looked up at me and he said, "No offense." He said, "But you're not going to be here in a year and a half." So, mm-hmm. you know, this is really trying to build a relationship isn't going to work. Yeah. You know, and I thought, eh, I hate yeah, that for him. Uh, you know, because it was true. It was mm-hmm. true. But it was like. Uh, he needed something more stay and steady in his yeah. life and had a great family, great mm-hmm. guy, great sister, you know, whatever. But he just needed something spiritually that was there for a consistency for him instead of seeing people in and out, in and out, in and out. And that's tough for, especially in that situation. I, I know that congregation, I've been in the, that building. Um, so I get there. They know how that works. Sure. The school's so close by. Sure. A year and a half, we'll see you later. That goes right back to the whole thing of if you want to have somebody to build those relationships, find somebody and keep them. Yeah. Um, and, and take care of them. Sure. Well, it's like, you know, there's some churches that are transient churches mm-hmm. where, like, they're at Collierville. You had folks that worked for FedEx there right. in Memphis that lived yep. in Collierville. That's true. You know, it's like that with military bases, military mm-hmm. churches. Every four years, you're getting a shuffle of new folks, you yeah. know. And um, it's, it's, it's hard for us to build a consistency and, and it may be, maybe we're a part of a congregation where there, there can't be that consistency, but what are we doing? Well, we're slinging seeds, you know, you're, you're help, you're, you're helping people in transition. You know, you're, you're ministering to people who they're, they're nothing but unstableness in their life, you mm-hmm. know, and you're, you're having to help them and, and fill those voids. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about something else, shift the gears out of discouragement. One of the things that can keep, gracious i went to a, a youth rally okay and this guy got up as a youth rally and he looked like he was preaching on a brotherhood lectureship in 1981 yeah. okay and he preached to those kids like it was a brotherhood lectureship in 1981 mm-hmm. in his king james and these and thou's and sure. he the his his meat that he that he had there was was too tough for those kids to chew yeah. um and i thought I, I wanted to turn my ears off. And I know that those kids were and not knocking the King James or the these and the thous. Right. But if we don't help relate Jesus to people, mm-hmm. then, and especially to teenagers, the devil is very relatable. And there's other people in this world that are highly relatable to these yeah. kids. And they, they will be yes men for these kids. How do we, how do we do things in a, in a way to, to help it be relatable? We don't sacrifice scripture. For the Not for the sake of service yeah. or whatever, but how do we how do we make it relatable for them? You know, I mean, you're going to have to change the culture of a lot of congregations. I think sure in the within the Bible Belt. Sorry, it's just is what it is. Sure. Well, I think number one, you got to be that example. Yeah, you got to be what it is you're trying to convey to those kids. Right. And if you're and if you're a bump on a log, you're not going to do well with kids. No, you you're gotta, not the guy for the job, so move on. You got to meet them where they are. I'm not saying tear out your knees and your and your, and your jeans. I'm not <laughs> saying that. But you, you got to meet them where they are and see what they're going to listen to, what they're going to appreciate. And I just don't know that three piece suit tie um, is is going to is going to really connect. You know. Yeah. And and so I don't know. And a lot of these folks, especially in some locations, some areas, they don't have a lot. You know, so that they come to church wearing jeans and a t-shirt, appreciate they're there in jeans and a t-shirt. You yeah. know, and I'm not saying everybody in the church needs to dress that way. I'm just saying, just please don't disparage someone right. for not looking like you look, right. or dealing with people like the way you want to deal with people. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just stinks when you have an event. I've been to those events. I've been to those, those Saturday youth rallies where. It's like we've got five hours or three hours or four hours with these kids. But we're going to give them all they need to get. Yeah. Well, we're not punishing them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, put their mouth to a fire. Make it something that when they when they leave, they want they want more. Yeah, I That's, saw this quote. It said, "If kids don't understand what you're saying to them, you're not communicating the message you meant to." Mm-hmm. Um, the target audience of every message needs to be the focus on Jesus uh, through the years of kids. Um, and even with kids who are least familiar with the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, you may not need to do this every occasion, but it's absolutely worth acknowledging that the Bible and Christianity is full of words that these kids don't encounter anywhere else. And if you have to spend as much time explaining Old English as you do explaining the gospel, it might be time to put down yeah. a certain version. That's true. So, you know, um, 
it is crucial that we it is crucial that we understand uh we need to understand our audience yeah meet them where they are uh, i think there's also a, a whole separate podcast on connecting with teenagers sure that, that, that probably could be had uh, sure uh and and some of these uh, real quick here i mean you need to, if you're wanting, especially if you're teaching Bible class, let's say you're teaching a quarter class and, and you want a, the teenagers to, um, to connect or you're a new youth minister, youth and family guy, working with young people, find a way to, to engage them in the class uh, in the hour you're together. You know, sing a few songs, get a couple of guys, lead those songs, let them lead a prayer or two. If, you, if you're doing PowerPoint, sometimes I'll do PowerPoint for class sometimes. I'll get some of the kids, guys or girls, to help put that together. Right. You know, help me with this. Be a part of this. And, and um, you know, we, we're going to start an Instagram account. I want the kids to help with that. You know, monitor sure. it. Monitor it. Sure. But, but bring them into that. There's easy ways, especially today, oh, yeah. to, to really engage them in something. And then when they see a production of, of what they were a part of, sure. it, it makes it so easy sure. for them to come in and be a part of it. Yeah. You know, it can be done. Sure. So, you know, you know there, there's a girl... Um, Preston Silcox is a good friend of mine. He's one of those guys, preachers, who's outside of the box guy. He's a church plant kind of guy. His daughter Curry, she's a free. She's at free. She's going. I think she just got engaged. Uh, Curry is. Uh, she was TikTok famous, viral, for wow. her little biblical excerpts. And so she would ask a question, and then she would teach that question or mm. whatever. And it was. It's insane the amount of millions of followers that she has. Mm. Uh, there, our kids can be the most evangelistic that we have. So as we wrap this up, thinking about youth and family ministry, connections ministry, what what we're in the business of doing is turning people to look to Jesus and look like Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what our children need to understand. We we don't need to stand up there and be disoriented or discombobulated or worried about six flags and all this sort of stuff and entertaining kids. The main purpose and, and focus for our children to understand, uh, we want to look to Jesus and look like Jesus uh, yeah. in, in everything that we do. And uh, there's a lot of ways we can help them understand that. Um, but uh, but as we wrap it up, you, is there anything else that you can think of? It comes down to one thing, and that is relationships. Sure. If and it doesn't matter what part of ministry you're doing, but but especially if you're dealing with like young people, uh, ask them what's going on in their life. Yeah. I and mean, get involved. Yeah. Don't be pushy. But, yeah. But find out what 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 they care about, so you can care about it too. I yeah. I want to care about what you care about, but I need yeah. to know what that is. And you can't get there if you don't ask. Yeah. The times that I teach the teen class, I'll go in there with my tire jacket off. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'll just pull up a chair and sit down in front of them and say, mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah. What, what's, yeah, let's just talk. Yeah. And, and I might spend 15 to 20 minutes asking them about their track meet, asking them about what they got going on. And, and they don't, and because they're going to get up, they're going to get, when I get up and preach, they're going to get mm-hmm. plenty of stuff to chew on. Right. And so I take that opportunity to just get to know them, mm-hmm. you know. But when you're in that room and you're teaching, yeah, those are the 45 minutes all week you get with them. Right. That's it. Right. So make it matter um, when you, when you're sharing scripture. Just not don't just read the scripture. Let it come alive. You know, yeah. talk about what's going on. Tell them what's going on around you. You know, don't just do flashcard deals. But what this, 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 this. I mean, it, the relationship also goes to the page of the Bible. Yeah. Let's look and see exactly what. Why did God do this? Why did He use this person? Right. You know, allow it to come alive. Lonnie Jones, one of the guys, does probably one of the best jobs of that I've ever heard. It's but it, and every time I analyze how He does it, what He does, know what you're talking about before you walk in there. Be yeah. prepared. Yeah. Um, and then just just share it and let them feel like they're there. Yeah, you know, if I'm a Bible class teacher in a youth group room or whatever yeah. I'm teaching, I'm not waiting until Saturday. And, yeah. and if, in yeah. fact, I don't know these basic Bible stories, then mm-hmm. I, I need to work on my own discipleship. No kidding. You know? <laughs> for sure. I need to come to that. my education guy and say, hey, I don't even know what I'm doing. You I'm know? there for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're there for each other. Yeah. Well, oh, man. well I appreciate you uh, putting in your words today and yeah, your sure. thoughts. And I think... Uh, Appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, this you know the focus this year is ministry and mm-hmm. or this season and um, and and really some practical stuff. But um, so if you have any any um, questions or concerns, Paul is your youth guy. Uh, if you want to email him, Paul at lifeinchrist dot com, uh, and you find him on Facebook. Our website is lifeinchrist dot com. Before we go. We brought up Ministry League a while ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks know, thousands of people know about Exposure. Yeah. 
this is now the second year of Ministry League experience that we're doing in state. Right. Um, this is an event that's here at Piedmont Road. Correct. May 5th, 6th, 7th this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three days. It starts Friday evening, Saturday, with a Braves game at the end of Saturday, right? right. Against right. the Orioles. Yeah. And then the 7th. And so we got a list of guys like Tucker Wallace, who uh, is with Homemade. You know, he was with GBN, Authentic Christian, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Hardison Moles, D- Dale and Jeff Jenkins. Um, yeah. You know, Jerry Elder's going to be here. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, J-Po. The J Poe is going to be here, John Podine, and uh, all of his righteousness and see Christmas. Oh, look at there, double uh-huh. duty. That's right. What a guy. Right. Um, one thing, too, that's not on here that we need to really emphasize, especially for, for local congregations, or even if you're not, we're going to have teachers in our classrooms downstairs teaching our young kids. So it, it really doesn't matter what age you are. This yeah. is for everybody. Yeah, this is for a whole church. If you're wanting to revamp your education program or you want to look at what happens with the rotation model of how we do things, sure, you're going to see it in live in action, and yeah. your kids can be a part of it. Yeah. You know, we brought, we talked about this the other day. We had some preachers downstairs uh, Monday, and, and uh, one of the guys, he was looking at the room and the mm-hmm. classroom setup, and he was like, you know this is next level. <laughs> I was like... I was like, yeah, it's a little different. You know, growing up at Bible class, and I mentioned this, I had a pale blue cinder block wall. You had a you had a puke, puke green, green, puke puke green. green cinder block yeah, wall. Yeah. And we had our Bible uh, Bibles. Felt like prison. Our Bibles with, um, I had the Bill E. Smith yellow books. You know, of course, Gospel they, treasure. whole lot of meat, whole lot of meat. Uh, but that was my Bible class. Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, <laughs> and I will say this, it did, it it prepared me biblically. Relationship-wise, yeah, sure. eh, not so much. Right. But it, it gave me a biblical foundation. Sure. But relationship stuff, yeah, no, well, no. Yeah. I'd have all kinds of teachers, and you know, some teachers were great, and some were... I was just walking an adult in the yeah. room. I yeah. had one teacher come in and tell me uh, at... Uh, we were in eighth, eighth grade, maybe. He came in talking about the negative effects of Viagra. Oh, my word. Yeah. 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 I'm scared to even say anything now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> know your audience. Yeah. Know yeah. your audience. So, if yeah. you would like to see how this works. <laughs> sure. It, to see how to do it, not uh, how the, not to do it. Yeah. We'd love uh, for you to come. But but there's two things to that. One, if you have small children, please don't stop. I mean, come. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let them be a part of it. it oh, it's yeah. All day. It's like Saturday, nine to three. So, we have something for everybody all, all the all the. Yeah, we had a good turnout last year. Yeah, we did. Um, had a good turnout last year. And we do, we, we're doing housing, like you said, Braves game, everything else. Yeah. We just need, really need them to register online. Uh, you can come for nothing. Sure. If you don't want a t shirt, you don't, you don't want to go to the game, that's no big deal. It do not cost anything, but we still need you to register so we can have the food ready that Saturday and, that's right. and, and things like that. Yeah, because we like to eat. We like we to eat plenty. We do. And we'll house you if you're coming from far away. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about that. We got plenty of. Yeah. We got we have a hundred and forty six households. Mm-hmm. Um, probably half of those would say, "Yeah, come on, we got oh, a yeah. we got a spot in the floor for you." you. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, be good. Speaking of well, um, appreciate you, Paul. Love yeah, you. you. Thankful that we're here. Me too. And um, um, so blessed. Yeah, we are, and uh, we're we're a part of a well oiled machine. But we hope that uh, all of y'all uh, listening will. Uh, uh, really think about youth ministry and how to best serve and how not to best serve and talk about Viagra to your eighth graders, you know? <laughs> can't believe you're keeping that on the Right? Right? Anyway, oh, I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> as together we stand and as we there sing. There we go.